At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Ah, a little Stiller's Blitz on a victory Monday. First show of the year here. I I tell you what, as we roll along and, you know, we go to these segments and everything and I got to get the the podcast uploaded in the system, Motesy. Surprisingly, I have not put January 2nd, 2022 on any of these podcasts yet today, but there's still time. There's okay. still time. You know okay. you know how that always works. First couple weeks of the new year, you always forget. I don't know how that works, actually. I've never done that like, in 2023. You know, it was 2022, no, so no. you got to carry the one to make it 2023. I've never done that in 2023, actually. Never done it. Never heard of it. It's 2023. It's New Year. Uh, new Year, new point, me, man. It's, at some point, you're going to have to write down the date. And just remember, <laughs> it's Michael Jordan now, not Najee Harris, all right? New Year, new me, man. You living in the past. I left 2023 behind me. Everything reset in my life. In the past, he said. I'm a new guy. I'm acting brand new. If it didn't happen this year, it didn't really happen. It's that simple. So basically the only thing that's happened is the Steelers have beaten the Ravens. There we go. Congratulations. Here we are. Let's go to the tweets here, the Twitter.com. You guys know we are an interactive show. We like your questions, your comments, your concerns, and certainly your reactions. You can get at us at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. Duh. On the Twitter.com, Steel City Champs leads us off today. He's our leadoff hitter here this afternoon yeah. on the Blitz. Uh, he said, "Just see, uh, Champ says, just to watch the offense last night was nothing but high expectations for this team in the future. A lot of people wanted to give up on this team, especially as they were building, but it says a lot with this team and how they could still go to the playoffs. I would agree, man. You know, when you talk about staying committed, when you talk about just overcoming adversity. That adversity doesn't always have to be the form of an injury. It doesn't have to be in the form of um, a team just being better. Sometimes the adversity within your own ears, the record isn't ideal. 
That's a great. That's a What's great more point. important, people hollering, draft positioning. What's more important? You know, do you start just putting anybody out there to evaluate talent, see who you have on the right, roster? Like all right. oh, that nonsense that people would say is like, nah. I just throw them out there. Yeah, it, it can't hurt. Like, like this is a college football program with a like, hundred kids on scholarship. No, nah. just throw out the <laughs> just throw the freshman out there, see what he's got. Like that, that, that ain't how this work at this level, got man. Forty six guys on game day. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you got some, yeah, you got some four or five star freshmen who. All right, let's nah, see what this guy bruh. has. All right, nah. these teams don't just have, uh, you know, just draft picks just waiting in the wings. So yeah, like I said, man, in that sense, man, like just seeing this growth, man. This is this is it. This is what we need, man. This is what we need. This is what we've been waiting for. There are still steps to climb on that ladder. Oh, we no, are it definitely is. <laughs> far from a finished process. What now? Far oh. from a finished process. Uh, but this is this is what we were all hoping for, particularly post-bye week. And we're seeing it play out here in real time. But, I mean, you know, I guess you could still have Will Anderson if you wanted. I don't think people are going to complain about having a Will Anderson. Well, that's true. But they'd be complaining if this team was on two or three wins. True. People gonna complain anyway. Though. You know what's funny is that's how that's the that's the juxtaposition, the back and forth. Yeah. Of, this team stinks. They can't draft. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get a top five draft pick. And then those same people are like, Kenny Pickett, dog. George yeah. Pickens, dog. Robinson, Absolutely. Leal. All right, well, you realize they they drafted all those yeah. all those guys that we just mentioned, right? Like I said, man, you ain't gonna never be able to have everybody happy. Hey. Just gotta ride your wave, baby. Just gotta ride you your wave. Can't please all the people all the time. And like our friend Shirtless Tom always says, mm-hmm. fans are gonna be fans. And that is very accurate. <laughs> Cuban Dan tweets us, Dolly. He says, bruh, you know Najee is feeling it this morning. He ran a monster style last night. He's impressive. He's a grown. But man. Oh, oh. He's a grown A man. I I, I was trying to see how you was going to play that one. I was like, oh, is he going to really say? He's a grown man. Is he going to say what I think he's finna say? No, listen, I am. Today is, you know, we're observing New Year's today. Oh, my God. That's why you and I are the only people in this building. No, No, uh 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 uh. Nope, nope, nope. Pause. Wait a minute. I did have an announcement to make. There was multiple cars out there when I pulled up today, actually. And one was still in my parking spot. Wasn't me. It was Wolf this time. Uh-huh. Oh. I said, man, New Year, you fight, same you, problems. You and Wolf going to fist fight in the parking lot? New Year, same problems. I Instagram live that. No, No parking spot. I'm in the parking lot where it says visit with a capital V. Because you are a visitor, technically. Yeah, you and Wolf You don't have a visit. security badge. I was going to say, it's 2023. Wolf has a security badge. Listen, it is 2023. How many years have we been doing this show, Wes? Five. This is our fifth season. This is our fifth season? Yep. So five total years, right? Yep. Okay. You're not a math major, but we know. You know what, though? I'm starting to think you slow played this thing properly. I'm just saying, man. Because as long as you don't have a security card, mm-hmm. you get to park closest to the building in the visitor spots. That's a, it's not a bad move by you. No, no. I was going to park there regardless. <laughs> hey, is nothing but honest. But the, the, the issue is it has made me now have to get comfortable <laughs> with showing up at 5 or at... at you know, eleven fifty-seven. Eleven fifty. You know me. I, I'm I'm typically a guy that likes to get. You know, I like to have a little time. I like to kick it. I like to chill. But now I have to show up two minutes before my my time because I can't even get the dough. Can't even get the dough. It just hurts. But I've expected this, and I haven't come to accept it. I just silently complain. 
as the prophet Chris Breezy once said, how you going to hate from outside of the studio? That's what I'm saying, man. You can't even get in. That's what I'm saying. Leslie tweets us, and she says, Victory Monday. Victory! There it is. I forgive my Steelers for the roller coaster of emotions they took me on last night. <laughs> I join in the Najee shout-out and to the offensive line as well, too. Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin. Let's go. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of, lot of credit uh, that, sh- that that should be divvied up for, no, for that victory last night. Absolutely. And that's the way you want it. You want a full team complete effort because you know some of these teams who who win just on on one performance on one guy. Like I think of the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. right? The Green Bay Packers win loss record almost directly correlates with did Aaron Rodgers play well or not. And hey, they've won a lot of games with Aaron Rodgers over the years. They never made it back to another Super Bowl, but a lot of division titles, a lot of NFC Championship games. A lot of success. You know, not the ultimate success, but a lot of success. Success enough. But I also think that's part of the reason why they lose to teams like the Niners yeah. in the postseason who don't have, and even the, you know, before the Rams got Matthew Stafford, um, teams who don't have future Hall of Fame quarterbacks mm-hmm. because they, they, they're they just more balanced, they got more ways to beat you, and it's more of a group effort in that regard. Not that the Packers haven't had great rosters at, at times and points as well, too, but I think you get the example that I'm making there. You want the full team effort as opposed to no, just we want, the, we want a cowboy. the one guy put we on want, his Superman cape guy. And, and, and pulled you over the line. This we want the guy. If this is, if we're talking hoops, I want the guy. I always want the guy. If it's hoops, I always want the always guy. Always want the guy. You got to have the guy. If it's hoops. football, I want the roster, I want the baby. Team. Yes. Team in football, guy in basketball. How do you feel about soccer? Oh. Team or guy? Team. Okay. Yeah. Team. The team. I look here. I'm kind of with you. <laughs> or you have the team with the guy. Correct. There you go. Like Argentina. Yep. <laughs> Ken tweets us and says that was a great game. That's uh, what football is supposed to look like. The team. But did you guys see the look on the poor lady reporter's face when Najee snatched the mic out of her hand post game? Oh, no. I missed this. What happened? <laughs> he was doing the – it was uh, Michelle Tafoya. Okay. Doing the post game uh-huh. thing, and she's asking Najee a question. They go back and forth, and it gets to the end of the interview. And Najee just kind of grabs the mic, and he's like, "He goes, shout out Mike Tomlin, shout out Kenny Pickett, shout out the Bay, aye, <laughs> like, like something like that." What? You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I got on, I got onto the team plane. I got on the team plane. Last, well, I say last night. This morning I got yeah. onto the team plane, and. Uh, <laughs> That's funny, actually. Missy Matthews is Missy's sitting there, and Missy sits like right across the aisle from me. Okay, uh-huh. Missy's sitting there, and she's got that cut up on her phone already. And I sit down, and she just, ay! she's playing the. So ay! that's funny. That is funny. I had no clue. Yeah. Shout out to the bay. Yeah, I missed all that. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I'm sure you can go back and find it. it oh no, no, definitely. It'll be on. It'll be on Twitter. You know. Uh, like always, Josh tweets us and said, uh, tweets a picture of his seats from last night. Said survived in Ratbird Ooh, territory. I see you, baby. Lots of Steeler Nation showed up. They always do in Baltimore. Oh no, that's a fact. Uh, Ravens fans treated us well. There was a few <laughs> jerks out there, but you'll have that. Game was great. It seemed like the whole team had that dog in them. They certainly did, Josh. And yeah, hey, listen, I don't care where you go, you're always gonna have some jerks, but I'm glad you I'm glad you enjoyed yourself for sure. Uh let's see. Yeah, here. It's not about the energy that they put out, it's all about the energy that you put That's back right. out there. It's all about your response. Control what you can control. That's and right. that is just your actions, not anybody else's. Hey, Arthur Motz, when someone's a jerk to you, you know what you do? 
just smile and wave. Yep. Smile and wave. Jason tweets us. And he says, I love the win, but bigger picture still concerned about the lack of touchdowns we're scoring from the red zone. Is it a problem with the scheme? Is it a failure with execution? Maybe a combination of both. Oh, I think you left one out. I think it's actually a combination of expectations. People want to put expectations on everything. And when their feelings aren't uh, met because they create their own expectations, then they start to look for ways to find comfort in that and then they start to say is it scheme is it this is it that i don't think it's any of that stuff the red zone is hard to score in versus anybody the baltimore Ravens have an elite red zone defense that was highlighted multiple times last night why is the red zone tough to score in because the field is condensed so the speed element that you might have from a receiver no longer is there the execution becomes a lot more uh tougher to do because the windows are condensed so in between the 20s like middle of the field and stuff like that when a receiver is running a route, the amount of time that you have to see the window is just longer because it's more space. When it's condensed in the red zone, you might only have a half a second to get it right. And then after that, it's done. That window is over. When you talk about minimizing the talent gap in the red zone, you can play guys. You can match up a, a James Pierre, for example, versus a top-tier wide receiver because he doesn't have to worry about that guy running by him for 50 yards. He only has to run with this dude for 20 yards, and he has the back of the end zone to protect him. Correct. You can drop eight guys into coverage and only rush three guys. You can blitz and speed it up, and now you make those quarterbacks have to execute a lot faster. So there's multiple reasons at play in terms of why red zone is what it is, but if you take it and you look at that and try to make it into a negative narrative – then you're just going to be setting yourself up for failure. Look at it like this. When they had to have it, could they score in the red zone? The answer is yes. When they needed to execute in the red zone, did they do that in the sense of where they leave them with points, field goals? Yes. Was the flow of yesterday's game a game where it was going to take 30 points to win? No. Yesterday's flow was very similar to the first time we played them. Do not turn the ball over and stop the run, and we're going to be fine. And that's how it played out when you think about it. That was the big difference between last night's game and the time we played them a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We didn't turn the ball over and we stopped the run. When you do those type of things, we're going to be in all these games. We're going to have a chance to win these games. In terms of do you want this team to score 30? Man, every team in the league wants to score 30. (laughs) Point to how many teams are scoring 30. Like when, When we really talk about that dynamic of what the standard is or what our expectations legitimately should be, Give me an example of what you think is right. reasonable. And, and look around the league right. at this, too. Because that can be hard to do. That's always been my big issue. People were hollering about averaging 30 when we had the killer bees. They didn't average 30. So you're telling they me that— what, 28-something? Exactly. not 30. But this team is supposed to average what? Oh, well, the killer bees average 28. They ain't that far. They average 24. You just throwing a number out, just throwing a number out? That's not how it works at this level. It's not. It's not. Scoring points is hard. Particularly this time of year, too. Yeah. You go back. Scoring's always higher in September when everybody's healthy and the weather's nice. And defenses are still getting it figured out. Right. You don't have as much on tape. But at this point in the season, execution is crazy tough in the red zone, man. Right now, Arthur Motes, this season, 
there's two teams in the NFL that are scoring touchdowns 70% of the time in the red zone. Mm-hmm. The Eagles and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. What, 11, 12 and 3 and 11 and 4, whatever their records think, are? Think about that. You said you said the Eagles and Cowboys. That doesn't mention the Buffalo Bills. Nope. That doesn't mention Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo Bills, 60% of the time they saying? score in the red zone. That, that's not talking about the Bengals 60. with Burrow. Like, this isn't just the Bengals a with Burrow. Sixty-six percent of the time, they score a touchdown in the red zone. So, so are those not elite offenses? Are those like just context? There's only two context, teams man. in the league that score touchdowns seventy percent of the time. Now, get this: we talk about improvement and sample size. How you're only as good as your last performance Correct. is right. How this is a different team post bye week. If you go in the National Football League, last three games, okay? So we'll count. Uh, this past week, the week of, of Christmas Eve, and then the week there, the Sunday, December 18th weekend in the NFL. The last three weeks in the National Football League, Arthur Motes, you'll want to guess where the Pittsburgh Steelers' red zone offense is ranked. Uh-huh. Seventh in the NFL. I was about to say. Over the last <laughs> really three weeks, good, the Steelers are over 70% touchdowns in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I think the script has flipped a, flipped a little bit in this regard. It and is. maybe the, the narr- it's just been lost in the narrative. Or not even the narrative, but just the perception. Because it's not like, I don't think people are doing this on purpose. That's no, a narrative but, but, is right. trying to run with something on purpose. Well, and, and part is, is I look at it both facets. When I say narrative, I think for the people that are specifically looking to find something negative to say about Canada. Well, that too. Or about this offense. Or about Kenny, sure. Yeah, that's absolutely. when I say Canada, absolutely. The perception, that is also at play, but that's a different conversation. That's when you hear the people when they would just say our offense sucks, our offense line sucks, and it's like, no, that's the perception because of what it was in preseason early on in the year. You look at this offense now, they average – with their in terms of double digit drives, in terms of continuity, in terms of putting this team consistently in scoring position, they do that at a very high clip post bye week. But if you don't, if you're not following it on that level, and we don't expect everybody to, but that's why some of that could be what you were referring to in the sense of the perception. The perception. I'm very. I'm with you on the perception, but I'm speak when I speak on narrative. I'm specific about because the, right. they the will take that are just, this and, that's, and try to witch hunt right. this, or they'll take yeah, a couple. A of, they take a couple of Kenny throws. They look at the stat line and say, "Oh man, this is not a good quarterback. This guy can't win at this level." And it's like, how do you get that from a handful of this? Right. Or because you didn't see enough that's a, of no, this. Right. That's a, an important distinction. Yeah, they'll right. criticize it. They'll criticize performance for not having 300 in the air and three touchdowns passing. But it's like, bro, they ran for 200 yards. Like, it wasn't a game where that was needed. You want him to go for 250 in the air and on the I'm ground saying? every single game? Like, Urban Meyer? You catch my drift? Like, I, I'm it's totally... certain things you don't need, but that's what I always say. If your expectation is this, correct? then, man, that's never going to be game and, yeah. yeah, 90% of the time in the red zone we're scoring touchdowns. Yeah, so it's not like a negative Like when I'm challenging. It's just more so just a rebuttal in the sense of if you think this isn't, right. well, let me know what you feel is because we brought and then, up again. Look around yeah, the rest of the and league. look at the league, and we could just show you how what the 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 thought process might it's be. The same offensive line conversation. Absolutely, like everybody wants their team to score Absolutely, more in the red bro. zone. Absolutely. Everybody wants their offensive line to be better. Yeah, but you got to take it with a grain of salt. You got to have a little realism in there as well, too. Absolutely, and look at where the best teams in the league are and compare yourself to them. I would agree. It's like when you would come home with a bad grade and you would say, yeah, well, Arthur failed the test too. My mom would say, I don't care what Arthur got on the test. I care what the smartest person in the class Uh got on the test. Come on. So the Steelers, over the last three weeks, seventh best offense in the red zone. Nearly 72% of the time they're scoring touchdowns. Motsi, when I look at that, you know what the Mm -hmm. perception to me now is really? What is it? This team needs to get into the red zone more. Yeah. 
At the beginning of the year, we're uh-huh. talking about they're driving the football, they're getting to the red zone, they're uh-huh. stalling, they're turning it over, they're settling for field goals. Now I'm looking at it and I'm saying, wait, the last three weeks, you've scored yep. on, in the red zone on 72% touchdown, 72% of the time, mm-hmm. yet the last two weeks you've only had 16 and 13 points. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that and saying, okay, we need to get we into the need red more zone opportunities. more. We need more. The perception to me, actually, as we've researched this in real time, has changed. Yeah. Forget scoring in the red zone. They just got to get there, baby. Annie tweets us. She says, this team has so much dog in it. Love the fight in them. And Wes, please never predict a 13-9 score again. It was there, too. You saw it, right? I had heart palpitations. You saw it, right? I was thinking about you for a while. Everybody was tweeting me about that. Are you serious? Oh, I mean, I, I oh yeah, I got, a hand, I got a handful of tweets. Because I was definitely thinking about you when I was like, 13, I don't know why nine. you guys are hating on me. I was like, in fact, goes, Chris Carter is going to join us about 15 minutes from now. That's where you should direct all your anger towards. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Okay. Hey, who's the one? Who's the one who makes a 13-9 joke on this show every week? It dang sure ain't me. This is true. This is true. But when so I saw no, that 13-9, I no was like, to direct. I just kept sitting here thinking, so I was like, oh no, not not the 13-9. Don't you do this now? I ain't doubling down too. Texted me last night, uh, pick quarterback would never lose 13 to 9. All right. Listen, you know, listen, long career left for young Kenneth. Oh, A lot of these tight scoring games that have been around that oh. score in late seasons and Steelers lore here the last few years. I'm just saying, when it inevitably happens, Annie and everybody else, don't angry tweet me. He uh, said it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. <laughs> You people, and you know who I mean by you people, you put it out there in the stratosphere so often, eventually it's going to bite you in the rear end. And you know what? I'm going to do a whole lot of finger pointing. I'm going to point them out. I'm going to at them on Twitter when that day comes, Arthur Motes. It might happen next week. It might happen 40 years from now. But as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, it's going to happen. It is inevitable, ladies. Might not be the Steelers. Yeah, the Pirates could lose a NLCS game 13 to 9, something Ooh, like that. Now the, the Penguins, pain. I mean this would be really bad goaltending, oh. but the Penguins could lose a playoff say, game if, 13. If it's, if it's 13 no, okay, maybe, 9 maybe in the playoffs, but we they got They had me issue, and you man. playing goal. Yeah. They had me and you in the cage yeah. out there. Andre tweets us and uh says, "Steeler Nation baby, victory Monday." Victory! Whew, don't you love that? Andre wants to know, you guys got to explain to me the uh, what happened with Mark Andrews at the end of the game and giving himself up. I think it's speculation to say he gave himself up. Uh, Could have got more yards. Clearly a fumble in a Steelers recovery. I agree that it was clearly a fumble in a Steelers recovery. I'm a football player. He was giving himself up. There yeah. was nothing about Mark that was trying to get up and advance that ball. Okay. And well, in I that, like that moment, And in you. that moment, too, we all understand significance of situational football. Every player in the league on offense and defense knows – these players are giving themselves up because they have to sprint to get that ball to the middle of the field. Sure. Because why? The referees take too long. That's the whole purpose of it. It was just smart by Minka to, number one, just put it in a position to make that referee have to challenge it. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, if if that's us on offense and it's a player hitting the ball at our guy's hand, I'm pissed off. I'm hot. Okay. Because you already know what it is. There you go. Hey. But that's, like I said. I'm, glad, was, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, but that was, like I said, that's just – Minka did a dope – thing by pushing it to that sure, limit. Sure. But nah, he was definitely giving himself up. And for a fact, if if that's Deontay, if that's Pickens, if that's Muth, and that's happening, I'm like, bro, what y'all doing? Like you wasting time. Stop it. But like I said, that's my perspective. No, hey. 
And everybody has their own perspective. Hey, that's the beauty of it, man. You know that. Come on, baby. That's the decade. Everybody got their perspective. That's the decade of NFL experience. You, you talking. know, you know, I got my perspective, and y'all got y'all perspectives with this day, man. I ain't tripping. Jason tweets us and says, "Happy Victory Monday." I don't know if I can handle another last second fourth quarter comeback. Yes, you the stress can. is too much. Yes, you can. I know my neighbors did not appreciate all the screaming at 11 p.m. One of them actually knocked on the door and oh. asked me to keep it down. Did you tell them to mind their own business? Mind your business. Storm Crown tweets us and says, Can we all gush over Mark Robinson? Young man stepped firmly onto the stage. Easy to fall in love with. Uh, I love a fellow who can bang like that against competition as good as the Ravens. I'm shopping for a 93 jersey. Hey, I think a lot of people might be shopping for a 93 jersey there, Storm Crown. But yeah, you know, you love that from Mark Robinson. Hopping on a moving train, as Mike Tomlin would say. And, uh... I think that's another another good development here as the as the season rolls along. Yeah, very interesting um, with that division of labor and that position group as well. Because before uh, a certain player went down with the injury, there was a certain player that was not getting reps because ninety three was out there as frequently as he was. Man, so big time kudos to him. But um, yeah, I thought uh, Mark did a really good job. Wasn't perfect, but in terms of just linebacker evaluating him, knows for the ball. Continues to be perfect. Um, the physicality continues to be there. He never shies away from contact, never shies away from being a playmaker. Even, like I said, when he misses the play, he's still arriving with bad intentions with the intent of making that play. And that's something that I just really enjoy when I watch him. And that dates back to even him in the preseason. He was one of those guys that plays with a certain uh, tenacity, a certain edge about him. And I just think that he brings a certain element of physicality to this uh, team, and that's ultimately why Coach Tomlin and Terrell Austin went with him last yeah. night yeah. over, if we're going to talk about it, over 55. He was the one. Because Spillane still played his regular snap count. He was still out there and all of it. Miles Jack was going to be out there before he got hurt. But that was the difference. It was Mark Robinson being out there versus 55. And the big reason is because of the physicality and just the intensity and speed that Mark plays with. It's not perfect in the sense of executing assignments per se just yet. But when you talk about what this guy is putting on tape, you talk about the valuable moments that he's uh, that he's getting out there. This is not a September game. This is not a meaningless right. January game. This was playoffs were on the line must win rivalry Sunday night football and he wasn't just out there they had a defined package for him he was playing a little bit when we, I think it was the Panthers game he had like seven to ten snaps in seven I think yeah yeah this this was the defined package this was a these are Mark Robinson when they go this we're coming with this correct correct that's them saying that they trust him. That's them saying They're that, game hey, planning for I've him. been seeing yeah. you produce yeah, and practice. I've been seeing you not be, you know, deer in headlights when you get a helmet. And the guy that's in front of you hasn't always been doing what he's supposed to do. So now there is an opportunity for you here. The NFL, that's how it works, man. Mm-hmm. Just this, need an opportunity. This doesn't. He doesn't get this opportunity without that door being open, but that's the circle of life. Now it's going to be on Mark. He's going to have an opportunity to see what he can do with this. We saw a similar thing take place last year, though. Late in the year, we played the Vikings. They did what? They put a Buddy Johnson yeah. out there. <laughs> yep. And yep. we remember the response to that move, and we were kind of surprised at the words that came out in response to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll get a similar response like that this go-around. No. 
because I do think the significance continues to show and even more so when they do that at this point in time with that type of player. But no, man, I, I was really abso- impressed. Really well, impressed. No, that's man. well said. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think Mark, man, just stay healthy and keep playing the way that you're playing, man. You'll pick up all the cover stuff down the line, full all season. You'll get all that square. But you know what you what you don't want to ever have to coach is does this guy want to be a playmaker or right. is this guy can he see? Like some guys have bad eyes. Like that's another. I one. got bad eyes. <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> but not in the literal sense. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, literally, you got glasses, you got bad eyes. But in, in, in the football sense of like bad eyes, like right, some right. guys, they just Head's can't. Heads not in the right place, not right. looking at the right place. They just can't find yeah. the ball or yeah. they're not as disciplined. Mm-hmm. Some guys, you can try to coach it up, but it's difficult. With Mark, you don't have to worry about that. Mark has a natural eye for the ball. I watch him on tape, and it's like yo, he just naturally sees. He has a natural feel. Sees the game well. And that's why yeah. he arrives so fast, and he plays with such bad intentions. I love it. The stuff that will improve upon is the coverage element of it. We'll talk about, you know, when to shoot a gap versus when you want to play this a little bit more honest. But it's never questioning taking path of least resistance. Sure. And sure. that's what we had issues with when we played Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. Yes, we did. J.K. Dobbins was the same J.K. Dobbins that showed up then. The difference was J.K. hit his head for 40, you know, on, on, on us jumping in and out of gaps. Instead of those being 30 and 20-yard runs, they were just 7-yard runs or 10-yard runs. That's all we was asking. Mm-hmm. But you got to do that. You got to execute it, and it really is a mentality. And I just think for me, man, when I look at uh, when I look at Mark – he plays with that type of mentality. He reminds, like, his mindset is very similar to how Spillane's mindset is. I just think he's a better athlete than Spillane. Like, Spillane is the super smart, fundamental, mm-hmm. he has all that, and he plays with just that effort. Like, he's going to win off of that. He deserves a shout-out from yesterday, Absolutely. too. Led the team in tackles. Like, you know, I'm a big Spillane fan because yeah. he's one of the most consistent guys that we have on this team. He doesn't get respect, but to me, him, Spillane and Evans are very similar. They're the unsung heroes because they don't have Every sexy plays. Every team needs guys But you like need those that. guys. Yeah. Absolutely. So when I think of Mark, I'm like, Mark, you give me the same type of mentality that Spillane has, but you got the athletic ability of a Devin Bush. And that's the part where it's like, man, let's see what you can potentially do. Because last night was he, it was really nice to me, man. We might like, be on to something I'm here. liking what I'm seeing there yeah. as they continue to expand him. And we'll see how he handles, you know, more being put on his plate per se. But, uh, but no, nah, man, I was really impressed with him, man. I was too. Certainly was. A uh, lot to like there, and certainly uh, we'll all be keeping an eye on his development in this uh, final regular season game. And then moving forward, we've got to move forward and get to a break here because in about four minutes, our buddy Chris Carter is going to join us to continue to break down everything from Steelers-Ravens, that big victory in Baltimore uh, last night. We'll talk to CC on the other side. We'll get to more of your tweets as well as we close this thing down. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.